sorry for starting this a little bit late. I just spent like 30 minutes messing around trying to figure out the Rodecaster Pro 2 connection, and I kept thinking I was making progress, and I was not making any progress whatsoever. So then I realized like it was either an all-night ordeal, or I just go ahead and push it back. So pushed it back so that we can get one of these in. Um, B-Ways, I, I know you said that you have a lot of energy tonight, man. I love to hear it. What is going on? Bro, T, your reactions every single space, like, I don't know, T has the most reactions out of anybody in the audience the entire space. It's amazing. But B-Ways, back to you. Man, I'm so pumped. I don't know. Everything feels so good right now. Um, getting some good spaces with Room 110. Stonks are doing well. Consolidating. Yeah, I don't know. Everything feels good. I don't know. It's um, NFTs are... Maybe they're consolidating. People are getting a bit worried, as always. So it's a kind of nice consolidation period where it's nice to tank a little bit. So, yeah, I feel good overall on both crypto NFTs. Not necessarily stonks, but definitely on crypto NFT side. So I'm... Um, yeah, I don't know. Having a fucking great night. I love to hear it, man. Um, Bogfather, welcome up, man. How are you doing? Not bad. I just went to a magic show. Um, you know, I thought he was going to send the fee picks to zero. That would have been a really good magic trick, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Still not. Man, one of these days. One of these days. Did, did you see that uh, the, the Doodles founder bought one? Poopy? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. That's actually hilarious, man. Um, you know, love to hear it. Love to hear the DJ plays in the middle of the evening. Nick T, welcome up to the stage. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Elon decided to give me back my Twitter account. Hasn't given me my followers back yet, but I'm I'm still I still got hope. I'm getting notifications from like Ledger and um Trader Main and I don't follow them back yet, so that's a good sign, but we'll see. NFTs, they haven't been pumping, but they, they have on a midterm basis. Excited to see what we do this year and over the next three, four years. Bro, that's the thing. I mean, you know, B-Way's kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit. I, I feel like there are a lot of people right now, and I, I don't really understand it, where we were in this consolidation phase for six plus months across the entire NFT marketplace, right? And we saw a couple weeks of really bullish momentum. But on top of that, man, you know, it rolls into several months of slowly bullish momentum rolling into that, right? But the thing is, I, I think the people, the moves that happened across those two weeks just got everybody accustomed to just quick expansion, Right. But, you know, you look at a lot of the projects that have had small retraces right now. You know, like, let's talk about the plague, for instance. The plague got all the way up to 0.8 there for a second. And it's down to 0.44. And I understand if you're somebody new and you got into the plague during that, you know, quick little run-up and you bought the top during that period, and you're like, oh, man, like, is this it? I, I understand that sentiment for those type of people and those type of projects. But I think the core community within each one of them understand like, okay, that was a blip with where we are and they have conviction with where they're heading. 
And I really think that these pullbacks are just opportunities at the end of the day for anybody. Like it's one of two things, right? You know, if you think the market's over, if you think everything's going to zero and that everything's done and that, that was the last life of breath for NFTs, then get out, right? Like sell your shit, get out, like don't deal with the headache. You know, it's not worth it. But if you think there is potential left, you know, for where we're heading and what's down the road, then like, I think these pullbacks are amazing opportunities, right? Like nothing has really changed from a few weeks ago. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And um, I, I, I still don't expect, I, I know you're more bullish on NFTs in the short term. Um, I don't think there's going to be a huge broad-based NFT bull um, this year, actually, 2023. But I do uh, believe that it's a big rotation coming from shitty stuff to things that will drive the next bull. And so I do want to position myself for, you know, you know, buying through these dips in the projects that will be there in 2024, 2025. And I think people are underestimating the mini bulls or this concentrated bull that might happen in some of these projects uh, throughout 2023. So even, even though I'm not like a massive bull in terms of NFTs, you know, before, you know, the happening next year, et cetera, I think some projects will outperform and people are just not looking, not looking at that. Um, and I think it's going to be a huge missed opportunity for many people. Uh, but I, I do want to caution, like I do sell on pumps, massive god candle pumps on NFTs or anything else. Uh, but I do also accumulate on the on the legs down, you know, on on the solid projects, right? Um, so yeah, I think I think people have to be um, in a bear market. People have to be mindful that there still will be like mini pumps out there, and just pay attention. Um, it, it's not like everything up. It is actually a super exciting period because you can focus on quality. You can focus on um, both utility and actually art and memes, uh, but you got to just select a kind of couple of dozen projects. It's not more than that. There's like 20 projects, I think across chains, maybe 25, 30 that will do well through the bear. And then we'll kind of take a massive, massive leg up in the, in the next pool. And, and so that's why I love these bear markets because it's actually quite easy. It's, it's the most easy play, it's the most easy period for me. If you stay kind of focused and, you know, play those plays a very simple place. Look for good founders that are active. Look for projects that will make it um, and go there. So I actually enjoy this much, much more than, than the kind of broad baseball markets. I feel like a lot of people are going to fumble the bag and sell too early. Because I, I, I just, it, I mean, it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be big money for a lot of people. And it's going to get even big. You know, that's just the game we play. Um, and I feel like I screwed up last cycle, like where just trading shit coins. Like I was, I bought Solana at like three bucks, and I was selling at like twelve. And I'm just like, oh, you know. Obviously, you didn't know what was going to happen at the time, but it's like that's better than I did. <laughs> I think I ran it from like three to five. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it's just like, oh man, like getting those gains right away after just like a period, like a drought. You know, like it's just human nature, and it makes sense. But I'm gonna. I'm literally shooting for the moon. I'm, I'm swinging. Like, I, I don't think I will round trip my bags. I don't think I'm going to catch the top, but I think I'm going to kill it next cycle. Like, just based on, like, I think it's just understanding the sentiment, too, is how you kind of inch closer to a top. You know, what's a local top and then what is, like, the Pico top, you know? And, and 
you gotta like I don't know. There's no there's no like rhyme or reason. It's like experience, balls. It takes a lot of things. But I am gonna try to ride this shit all the way. The stonks, the fucking penguins. All I'm I'm just riding this shit. I'm I'm not selling. I'm not flipping this. You know I'm here to I'm here to get a private island next cycle. I'm not here to fucking you know get a down payment on like a two bedroom fucking house in the Midwest. I'm not doing that shit. We're we're going big, guys. <laughs> we love to hear it. Hey, Rooster, you want to know what's kind of funny? I have no idea how this website, like, I just stumbled across it. It's called superspaces.ai, and I just scrolled through. You want to know what your rank is on, like, out of anybody in Web3 for Twitter Spaces hosting? 33. For you who? Just to- for for Twitter Spaces hosts, you ranked thirty third in Web three, just above Faroque. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's one of my kids. I raised him, taught him the ways of Twitter Spaces. Thirty three Crypto Rooster, thirty four Bark Meta, thirty five Faroque. <laughs> let's fucking go elite, elite company let's go I mean all I'm saying I, I gotta freaking up my hours too I'm looking at some of these people on this thing dude it's freaking ridiculous I thought I was putting in some work recently and again I don't know how, like if it's just airtime like total total or if it's airtime per week or what I'm looking it's like I, I'm at 30 something hours which sounds about right for the past week, right? But there's some of these people, I'm looking like Leap has 105 hours and 21 minutes. How in the world? Like, there, there's no way that can be a one-week period, like, right? Yeah, like Leap is a fucking beast. He's a beast. Uh, I, I love that guy so That's much. That's 16 right? hours a day, dog. No, yeah. He, he yeah, like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no way that... 16 hours a day. No, there is a way. Yeah, the guy is, a, is an absolute machine. Like, uh, Leap is like the best. I, I think he's one of the best spaces hosts out there. Uh, he does like 10 p.m. starts every day. Goes for like eight or nine hours through the night. This is 10 p.m. Eastern. And then kind of joins again at 2 p.m. The guy is an absolute, yeah, an absolute beast. So I, I think that it's probably accurate, actually. Bro, that, that's just, that's ungodly. Well, okay, no, it can't be a week because I'm looking at this, and I just filtered it out by total airtime. And there's somebody called Puff Pandas who, you know, who knows what the hell they are? They're probably some mint, but their airtime is 325 hours, 39 minutes. Is is, is that the, like speaking, or is it like just hosting a space with like two people in it? Uh, that's just airtime. Uh, I think I don't know. If it, I think it's just a posting. Like, I don't know. I'll look you up on there. Yo, slide me that uh, co-host invite. <laughs> oh, you, you're trying to up the numbers? Well, yeah, you know you know how it goes. Yeah, you can't just dangle the carrot in front of the rabbit and not expect it to eat. <laughs> All right, man. We'll, we'll shoot it over to you. Now you're like, oh, damn. Like, I'm piggybacking my way to the top over here. You're not piggybacking, though, Rooster. That's the thing. You got to make sure of here. You know, you're you're carrying the team. But it's interesting. So, See, yeah, we ride together. But so it's all about quantity. Yes, it's all about quantity over quality. It seems. Right? Is there any qualitative metric as well on the website? 
It sounds like Brewster made it himself. Well, bro, that's... <laughs> yeah, how many <laughs> laughing emojis you get in your space has to be a metric. Well, I actually think it is. I'm looking through here, though, and it doesn't really play in very well for... Okay. So it has super score, which is some aggregate of all the others. It has a host score, which it says is an aggregate score. In order to score high in the ranking, focus on maximizing your total engaged audience, engagement score, speaker followers, and average reactions per listener across all your hosted spaces in order of importance. So, you know, it's got airtime, hosted, unique audience total, then average reactions. So, like, I don't know if that just means, you know, getting y'all to throw up emojis the entire time. Like, you know, maybe I need to host a space to be able to up my game on here and just get everybody to, you know, just throw up whatever emojis we can the entire time. Like a pure emoji-driven space and just keep it going for about, like, two hours straight. And it might be the way to work up to the top here. I'm not sure. But, you know, it's got – okay, like, for instance – Number three on the list of the super score is K Money. And, like, you know, nothing against K Money here. I just don't see K Money hosting, like, a ton of spaces himself. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But, you know, like, I I don't know. I got to really look into, like, how they actually do this shit. That's the thing with this at the end of the day. I don't think that it's really completely – there's no way it's accurate. Like – then there's somebody up there at number one, Naveen Spark. Like, I've never even seen Naveen once. And not to say that they're not up there. I'm just, like, I'm confused on how this shit works. Most of this stuff is so random, like, to be honest. Like, it it's is. so fucking random. But, um, well, you know, it's just like the, like the, uh, I already forgot the name of it. Now that it's deleted, the influencer scores <laughs> that had um, NFT inspect. The NFT inspect scores were pretty damn random too. It was like, you know, I, I saw some people hustling their asses off out there, and they could not find a way to get their way to the top, even if, like, they were one of the most apparent and engaging people that week. And like, I don't know, some of these metrics are a little bit skewed, but I think they paint they paint a broad picture of who's hustling, who's putting in the work. Um. By the way, Frito, if you want to come back up here, you're welcome to. I don't know if I actually kicked you off or not, um, but you're definitely welcome to hop back on. One way or the other, I mean, it's like it's fun. Somebody else is trying to make basically an NFT inspect for Twitter Spaces, though, is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, all of these things, like I think the absolute values or absolute rankings are somewhat irrelevant. They're probably directionally okay. But what is typically true in my experience is the is the direction of it right so if you do engage more and you make some good posts you will see yourself moving up the rankings if you don't engage you're on a holiday let's say and you don't post at all you will see yourself sliding down the rankings so i think it's a good directional tool but i think i I don't pay any attention to the absolute rankings uh, on on any of this shit but not if it was if it was an accurate ranking i think rooster should be on the kind of number two or three and clear should be number one right so if there was any accuracy to this whole thing Let's go. That's what you love to hear, man. That's what you love to hear. Um, hey, you know, shout out to the quick, quickly, the stonks are only 24, actually less than 24 ETH away from hitting the 2K volume mark on OpenSea. We're about 36 ETH. If, if a 35 ETH sweep gets us the all-time high. Like, people don't understand how, like, tiny that is, to be honest. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, that's, people are, 
Look at look at the apes too. Like I feel like all that ape money, like they they spent five, they extracted fifty three hundred ETH in those sewer passes today. It's wild. Like they they mark the local top every freaking time. Bro, okay, explain to me the sewer passes because I'm a little bit confused on those. Like, are they actually Yuga assets within the ecosystem, or is that somebody trying to do a derivative, selling the rights to their mint for the Yuga? Like, I, I was a little bit confused by what was going on with that. I actually, I'm just, compl- I'm like the town crier. I don't even know what the hell it is. I just saw someone tweet about it and assumed they just did another shitty mint. So I'm going to let someone uh, else take it. King DJ is probably the one that could tell us what the heck was going on with the sewer passes because I, like, I was completely confused. So I just saw it out there again. I don't know whether, like, what it was one way or the other. It, it seems like it was a mint for the mint. And I saw that there were a lot of restrictions they put on it also as far as potential mint coming up where they're basically restricting all addresses that were not open sea as far as the major exchanges. So basically, you know, kind of the in, in the sake of the royalty wars, which, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, Rooster, if that becomes more of a, a like basically a bigger meta, because Yuga drives a shit ton of volume with their assets, right? So if Yuga basically starts fighting this with some of their mints, you almost wonder if it starts to push the envelope on some of these other exchanges that want to be relevant to start, you know, enforcing some type of minimum royalties back on it. So I'm kind of curious, what do you all think about what Yuga did there? Do you think it's actually going to be effective or not? I just don't understand why, like, there's even like a, like a a minimum royalty thing. Like if, if, if an artist in a project like sets the royalties, pay the royalties. Like I, I just don't understand. Like, what? Where? You no, know, you can pay like one percent of the ro- or you know, ten percent of the royalties that they set, or you know, one percent total royalties. I, I don't understand why they even add that metric in it. Like it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Are are you talking about blur? Yeah, like like they just incorporated. Yeah, like like the point five. Um, you know, royalties, like minimum set royalties, right? There's no more zero royalties. Like now the project gets like 0.5% um, of the sale. But they're ramping it up, I think. They're ramping it up over time. They want to get back to 100% of the of the creator royalties over time. So I think it's like a gradual process. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think overall it's like, I think it's a good evolution. I think it's good to respect creator royalties, to be honest. Um, and I've seen a lot of stonk sales going off different exchanges. And I've done an over-the-counter one as well, actually. And it happens, right? I mean, it's like it's still your asset. And if you want to transact it peer-to-peer, I think it's fine. But I think overall, it's a good evolution where the market decides, like, what is an acceptable royalty for a given collection? Um, and then respect, respect it, right? I mean, if, if the creator wants seven, 75% or 69% royalties, and the market will decide if that's acceptable or not. Um, but I, I like just to have it built in into the contracts slash, you know, the marketplaces that it will be respected. And then it's, it becomes just like a free market afterwards. Um, and I think creators deserve their royalties. I actually don't know the, the particular mechanic for the base ecosystem. But I do think like <laughs> overall on the base topic, they're, they're trying to keep the community engaged on whilst they're building the metaverse play or the gameplay, whatever, whatever it turns out to be in the end. Um, they're just trying to bridge 2023 until they launch their game. And I, th- I think it's 
they're the only ones that can pull this off, right? Like no one else can launch new NFTs now or new collections and get away with it, but they can, and people are excited about it. I think they're in a tricky spot, actually, personally, um, and, and no hate against Yuga at all. I think they're, they're the best executors so far that we've seen, but it's a dangerous game they're playing, in my opinion. Like, this can turn very quickly, and they're diluting. Sorry, this is Miami stuff. I'm so sorry. Yo, you good? Yeah, this is, this is, this is Miami, <laughs> Miami noises, man. I'm so sorry. Um, they're playing a dangerous game in the sense that if they don't deliver at some point, they're going to have like hundreds of thousands of NFTs out there. Um, and so I'm not sure. I think it's a good short-term play. Everyone's focused on the, again, there's a couple of dozen collections and they see uh, first place and you got first place, but they got to deliver at some point. And this is all kind of keeping it all warm uh, while we're all waiting for, for the big play. So I'm personally staying out because I'm poor, uh, relatively speaking, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to track what, what happens uh, in the next couple of months slash 12 months. Uh, on 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 Yuga assets. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. So, hey, King DJ is back uh, up on stage. King DJ, I'm curious what your thoughts are on. Uh, well, first off, what are these <laughs> the uh, the Yuga myth that happened today? I, I'm already blanking on the name of it. I got to go to Open Sea. Like, what do you know about it? Is it literally a mint? for the mint like a mint pass for the upcoming mint is it rights to it that people are selling off for their mints and it's not officially affiliated with yuga i haven't had the time to dive into the project but you know i'm sure i'm sure you know everything there is to know about it hey i uh, appreciate it um it, it's some kind of game with a key and some monkey's ass i, I don't know it, all I know is that everything was moving up in anticipation for the four tiers. And uh, once people found out that there's some kind of game that's played over two or three weeks with different tiers, but the tiers are irrelevant if you are a skilled gamer. I don't know. It, it didn't speak to me, and I, I honestly just totally turned off myself to it. I, I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have much to say about it, to be honest. Fair enough, man. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It, I, one way or the other, I hope, I, I do think that there's a chance that the Yuga Mint coming up does actually inject more capital back into the overall NFT marketplace than it does take away from it. Because if you look at it, like, you know, like this is a free mint coming up for holders, right, King? Uh. Yeah, right. So, yeah, for, for having a make, you get tier one, uh, and a big tier three. And then if you have a dog, then two and four respectively. But um, again, I haven't really been following it, to be honest. I think everyone expected some kind of uh, drop that was going to be significant. And then I think you saw in the last week that the floors have tailed off. Once Yuga announced, I think it was what last Wednesday or Thursday, it tailed off because people were just disinterested in whatever this new methodology was. And I don't know. So I, I, I personally was kind of turned off as well. And uh, it's funny, actually. You know, I, I remember we there was a space about, what, two weeks ago and I was talking about, because you, you had put a chart up about the, the kennel. I think it was the floor was 10 or 11 at the time, and you had mentioned maybe it's going to, you know, see 15. So I was talking about picking up a whole bunch, selling at 15, and then using the proceeds to buy wonkies. And you mentioned over trading, and it turned out that was the right advice because now – floors back to what seven because once you could drop the bomb 
with the drop that it wasn't going to be what people expected, then it was just uh, people started liquidating. So I don't know. It's different, you know. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Right. That's, that's the deal, right? Like a lot of the time, you can look at shit, looks good, and all because something looks good doesn't mean that it's going to play out like that. So, like nine out of ten times, being patient is the play. <laughs> like over trading is. I don't know, man. If I look back at what I've learned over the past couple of years, like I, I would have been so much more profitable just sitting on my ass 90% more than, like, than, you know, entering, aping in and out of shit. Kind of like what Bogfather was saying with even the Solana play, bro. It's like, you know, I, I remember very specifically, boom, played Solana up from like three to 550. And then I got out and I didn't long again until like 30 something bucks. And then, you know, I played it up from like 30 something bucks to 40 or 50. And you just think through some of those plays throughout the last bull market that if you just sat like sat on your ass and didn't have the FOMO to rotate into whatever the next hot shot chart of the day was, then like, you know, you outperformed. Right. To, to, to something someone mentioned a few minutes ago is that, uh, you know, similar to how Bitcoin is, is like the sun and all, all other coins rotate around it. It seems to be, again, just my read on it is that Bake serves as that sun in the NFT space. And ever since they mentioned this upcoming drop, um, you know, NFTs seem to be on a run. It just seems to all follow, you know, with that, uh, with whatever Bake does. I mean, maybe it's just a coincidence, but what are your thoughts on that? Oh, man, I definitely think it plays into it, right? Like when Bored Ape, you know, Yuga ecosystem is kind of like the Bitcoin of NFTs in a sense, right? Like, you know, when you look at the crypto market as a whole, the crypto market as a whole plays off the momentum of what's happening for Bitcoin, right? Like Bitcoin is the king and everything. Else. I mean, look at the happening cycle and how each bull market has rotated very specifically around the mechanics of the Bitcoin happening. So, you know, like it's definitely a thing. So same thing with Yuga. I think like the way Yuga implements their, like whatever it is that they do, a lot of the rest of the ecosystem revolves around it. I I mean, I forget what the ridiculous number is for what they comprise as far as both the market cap and the total volume for the NFT ecosystem as a whole. But, you know, it's a ridiculous amount and whenever you look at that it's like yeah of course what they are going to do will have a direct impact on the rest of the market so yeah i definitely think this mint coming up plays into it i agree with king dgen's point i i I do think that they are the central force in the nft market so far um i just i just would be a little bit mindful and and I don't think it's a given that it's the case in 2024, 2025. A lot of things have to happen between now and then. Look in the next 18 months for this to, to hold true, right? It's almost by lack of better alternative, right? They have amazing IP, amazing team, amazing investors, tons of capital. So they will be there almost undeniably. But there will be something coming up that will be also compelling that might might become more interesting to the crowds, right? So uh, let's see how it goes. But I think for the time being, they're undeniably the drivers of the market. I mean, there's no no way around it. I think it's an opportunity cost too. It's an opportunity cost thing too. 
where you know stonks going from point three to two is a lot easier liquidity wise than apes going to two hundred. That's true, but yeah, that's kind of a variance play as well. Right? It's like basically my, I, mean, I don't know, my go to fifty or as it has before. Um, it might go to two fifty, but it's just a different risk play, risk risk return play, right? So I don't think you can compare those two in a way. Yeah, man, definitely tough. Hey, Q, welcome up to the stage, man. It's been a minute. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, Cleo. Um, I've uh, been in the rooms and been listening to the replays and um, learning a lot, uh, thinking a lot about wonky stonks. I know what um, uh, the next uh, wonky stonk that we want to collect. It's in a higher price range. So... uh, you know, we have to um, wait, wait, and see if we can get the the right one. Um, but you know, I was thinking about the wonky stocks, right? And I was um, I was thinking about um, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about. Uh, I know it's not a PFP project, and to me, I thought mm, it's kind of more like could be more like a banner project because, like, when you look at uh, Twitter. And, you know, I thought about it from you, actually, because there was a point where, you know, you've got your um, PFP, you know, which is an iconic PFP, and then you changed your banner. And when you kind of look at Twitter and you think to yourself, okay, what's the real estate that you've got? All right, so everybody's got their PFP. That's the main thing. But then, you know, everybody's going to click on somebody's PFP, and the next thing you're going to see is the banner. And then from the banner... You know, you're going to look at the bio, most probably, and then scroll down and see whatever else they're doing in terms of, you know, what they're talking about or whatever. So then I thought, you know, because I was actually waiting for the the space where you were going to do with the with the banners with, um, I think it was, um, what's his name? Oh, Wonky or Q, uh, the guy that does the... Oh yeah, yeah, cube. Yeah, cube. cube. And then the other guys. The one that was on his uh, his bourbon kick last night. Okay. Yeah, because I because I think I mean I, I, I DM'd you, but um there's this um there's this project and it it's basically got uh uh it's base it's basically you click on it and uh when you go into it you can um modify your PFP. And I thought, you know, rather than me try to go to Cube or to um, uh, Yako, I forgot his name, um, and asked him to uh, modify my banner, wouldn't it be cool if there was, you know, a, a, a little app or something that, you know, I could, I could click on and then, you know, my NFT aficionado banner I could get one of my wonky stonks. I could put it in there and it could just do it for me. And then I could put it up. So therefore I wouldn't have to ask anybody. Um, it was just kind of um, generated for me. Um, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, Q, I, I definitely do. And funny enough, I, over the, the past couple of days, have had some conversations with Hondo about potentially working on something like that and you know no guarantees on anything but you know it's something that we we've kicked around a bit and um he's looking into because i think yeah the, i the, it's simple enough whenever you just pull out all the traits right because 
the code's already written. You just change the dimensions of what's generated. Um, and the overall price action might be a little bit different, right? Because it's still randomly generated, but the overall traits of the, you know, of the banner could match your stonk perfectly. And it could say, Hey, this is whatever banner from stonk X, Y, Z, right? Like, you know, that's kind of the thing that I'm thinking right now, but I don't know whether that'll be the best rendition or, you know, whether people want to show off exactly what their stonk is, right? Like, you know, that's uh, so point being the overall implementation of it, I don't think would be too difficult. It would just be what exactly would that look like, right? Like what, what direction would we go with it? Um, you know, I'm not quite positive yet, but you know, we're, we're, we're brainstorming through some, some different ideas. Yeah. Because, um, I'll, 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 I'll post the project in the, um, comments. It's called, um, pilots and i was basically um part of a faction called um resistance i actually just removed the um the thing around my pfp um uh, about two days ago but it you know used to say resistance and whatever it is and you know we're in this flexing culture and i'm so into wonky stonks on a lot of different reasons um you know, especially on the learning stuff. And then um, another thing I was thinking about, I mean, um, when you look at um, the pandas and you look at uh, Frank and Utes and a lot of these projects that um, you talk about, um, they, also, they also give you an option. You know, um, I know that, you know, the wonky stonks are just what it is. But they also give you an option um, to stake your, uh, you know, your um, your your PFP, and you know, in the case of um, Utes, the staking is just a reward system. It's never a token. It's never whatever it is. It's just, and the same thing with Moonbirds, and even now, you know, in a roundabout way, with Bored Apes, you know, because technically, in my point of view. You know, um, you're kind of staking um, the ape now in order to um, farm or yield ape coin. You know, so it's interesting that you talked about Yuga being the BTC of, um, you know, the NFT or thing. Because basically um, what we're doing is if I'm going to buy another wonky stonk, Right. I have to say to myself, just the same way that um, I understand that um, uh, traders uh, do shit coins to get back to um, Bitcoin. I'm like, OK, this wonky stonk that I'm looking at today, it's going to cost me 2.5 ETH. Right now, do we need to move quickly on that wonky stonk? Maybe not, because a lot of people might not be going to the 2.5 ETH. Um, region. Yo, watch out! Yeah. You got an Andy G beneath you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. But I mean, he bought some. No, it wasn't. Oh man, I'm not going to say which one I like because, um, um, oh, I don't care. I like the. I like you know the, the, the you know the one that um, Lumber's got the Volvo Vol, 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 Yeah, yeah. That's the that's that's the one 
I like those. The next one that we want, we want one of those. So when we click on them, you know, we can see they're about, you know, two ETH um, upwards, you know, and there's a few of them there. So I'm not that bothered. But um, yeah, so our thing is, okay, that's two ETH. Um, how much would that convert into ApeCoin? Um, and if we stake the ApeCoin, we're farming or, you know, we're getting X amount APY every single day. Um, but going back to wonky stonks, it's like, okay, they're sitting in, they're sitting in our wallet. If we could stake them and we could get rewards. And then going back to an idea that you talked about in one show or spaces, when you're asking the community, oh, if I was working for a platform and they gave me $40,000 and I wanted to do something with that $40,000 and I wanted to give it away for something. Um, are there any ideas? And then I thought to myself, well, you know, and people were saying, oh, give it to the wonky stunt community. But what I'm thinking is like, say, for example, if the wonky stonks are staked and then you have a reward system, then, you know, out of that 40000 right, those that are in your community, maybe... Uh, 10,000 of that is done in some kind of reward. The other 30,000, you know, dollars, you're doing whatever you want to do with that platform. But, you know, those are the kind of things I was kind of just looking at, just looking at other platforms, I mean, other founders and other projects and what can be done. Because the thing about the Wonky Stone community is um, now it's kind of dropped down to 49% um, holders. So... We lost uh, a full percentage point. Tough. Pardon? I said we've lost a full percentage point. It's pretty, pretty. But, but that's tough. okay. I mean, that's. I mean that. I mean that's okay because it's it's people like myself, other people who are in the community who can see the value, um, and are prepared to um, quote unquote stock up. You know, because the thing that you're doing with you know crypto Twitter, and you know like you know crypto ISO and whatever, uh, people are going to come to it. But anyway, you know, just those things that I was looking at, because the um, wonky stunt community, a lot of them have got a, a, a lot like Crow and stuff like that. And they're not going to, and Lumber, they're not going to sell them. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of holding on. But, you know, that's the simple rewarding thing. And, you know, the thing that, that looks so beautiful about the reward thing is sometimes, right, um, if you go to Crow's banner, Right, you see his um, kind of three wonky stonks that he's done with his rockets and stuff like that. When you go to um, King, um, oh, where is he? I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, you know, he's kind of got it with his apes and whatever. But you know, if 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 it's in your wallet or in your staked thing, right, it looks really nice when it's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, and it's it's just getting you a kind of reward, which then gives you an option to uh do whatever it is i mean it's not you know it's still a vibe thing you know it, it doesn't have to be done but those are the kind of things i was thinking about i'm done talking hey well i appreciate appreciate the feedback now first question that i've got to ask is who is we <laughs> oh right yeah because the thing is um um it's uh we have a company called um nft of shenando so my business partner is a lady called candice and um, there's some other investors who, when we came into NFTs, um, 
as I said uh, before, and I think somebody said it in the space the other day I was listening, I think it was Krim, Crypto Jesus. He, he was talking about stuff because he said something that was really interesting um, when he was talking about, um, you know, underdeveloped countries um, coming into uh, NFTs and NFTs would be their gateway to crypto. So NFTs were our gateway to crypto. I didn't understand crypto, but I think I got a sense of art. So the other people that um, worked with us that wanted to invest with us into NFTs, and, you know, we come from a real estate background. So um, that's our thinking. So they thought, okay, then, Q and Candice, you're getting into this NFT thing. You know, what is it? Why are you going there? And it was like, um, the way we talked to them about it, it was like, okay, um, when you look at real estate, uh, where are the areas that we can make the most profit from um, by getting in early? And those areas, quote unquote, have always been uh, like the ghettos or the undeveloped neighborhoods. And you kind of get in there early and then you kind of wait for the infrastructure to come around. Uh, things get built up, then the CAFs come, then the artists come and get into the warehouses, and then it's kind of cool. And you kind of have to wait sometimes five, maybe to uh, uh, 10 years till the whole thing is kind of um, built up, depending on how quickly you, you want to get in and how long you think it's going to uh, take to develop. So we saw NFTs in the same way, that we need to get in early. We need to, it's a, a like what you say, it's a fertile ground. You know, we need to um, sow our seeds in there. We need to learn. Um, everybody says we're still early. I actually disagree. I don't think we're early. For me, right, when I listen to you guys talk, I think, oh, my God, how late am I? Because I hear you guys talking about, oh, in 2020, when the pandemic started and ETH dropped down to $80. Or, and I'm like, fucking hell. When I got in, we came in at 1,600, 1,005. So, I mean, how late? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, so, there, there's a difference, though, Q, between being, between being late. You know, and then, uh, I mean, like, there's different stages of it, right? Depending on where you enter into the market, what you end up doing with it. But, hey, I, I, I will say a couple things about what you said earlier, too. You know, definitely appreciate the ideas and feedback. And not to say that we haven't ever thought through some of those possibilities. But, you know, I, I think the thing that I've always focused on going through the stonks is basically, you know, the utility is the art, right? Like, there are other projects with other utility for that you know who knows what what the future of everything with the stonks are but you know like it's all about the art and at the end of the day i think that's enough right like i i, I truly do believe that there's a community out there that believes that's enough say that you know like the point system for instance the point system is rewarding you know if there is some other thing down the line that they're going to do for xyz you know, it, it all goes back into the utility scheme, right? And, like, you know, not to say that, you know, like, 
I, I truly believe that a project with utility being the art can be enough. And, um, you know, again, like there, I, I do have more plans, you know, at some point for ledge art for what we're going to do with it. And, you know, like there, there are a lot of ideas that play into that, but, you know, I believe first and foremost that like, you know, focusing rather than, you know, handing out some of these promises that don't have like a direct vision whenever you promise them out, because that's the thing too, with some of these point systems and even some of the other tokens, et cetera, for staking, it's almost like a promissory note toward future value where you're like, Hey, if you stake this, you know, you don't know what the reward exactly is going to be yet, but here are some things you might, you know, it's basically just dangling this carrot on a stick out in front of the horse where the person that's dangling the carrot hopes that the horse keeps following that carrot to get them to keep moving because otherwise they're afraid the movement's going to stop. So my whole theory is that, you know, if you take away the carrot, take away the stick completely and you develop a community that's strong enough to be able to support itself without having to have that in the first place, that anything that you put out on the table beyond that, you're exceeding expectations, right? So like, I, I believe in under promising and over delivering in that aspect. And, you know, that's what the heart of the mission with the stonks has always been, because trust me, man, like a lot of the different things you've outlined, like I have definitely thought through in the past and they've been tempting, you know, Hey, they were, they were even more tempting whenever the floor was dipping back beneath that 0.1 ETH area. And you're thinking there, well, man, what are the different things that I can do? toward the pumponomics to basically hype different sectors of it to be able to bring in different levels of attention. And, you know, it's like, for instance, if you collect art from, say that you go to one of these art shows and you collect a physical piece, the average art collector that's going to scope in Miami at Art Basel isn't sitting there and buying a piece of art, hoping for some type of point system for, you know, a, a cruel for what it might be able to do. Like, you know, they're not, they're not doing that, right? Like, that's not part of the vision for the art itself. Now, you know, not to say, though, not to say that, like, building relationship with that artist doesn't help them in some endeavor that they're trying to pursue in their collecting down the road and other connections that might come along with other collectors in that community. But, you know, like that's that's more the vision right now that I have with the stonks again is, you know, I, I, I truly believe that by continuing to under promise and over deliver with that, that, you know, overall, like I, I think it's a healthier growth, albeit it might be a slower growth at times. But I even think right now, when you look at like the direction of where the market's headed without those type of pumponomics and you see what stonks are capable of with just a little bit of volume and confidence returning back to the market, I'm fully confident by sticking to the same plan, the same roadmap that we've had, which are the vibes and the community and the art itself. Like, you know, man, I, I fully believe that it's going to continue to be able to propel itself forward with, with that. I, I agree with you. I suppose I, my, my, my thought um, just came from um, just listening to one of the spaces where you were saying you were speaking to a platform and, you know, they said uh, $40, I mean, $40,000, what would you do with it? And I know when somebody had talked about, oh, give 
uh, some sort of uh, wonky slum community and it was a joke and you said, no, no, no. Then I just thought, hey, but if there was something like that, um, that could be an opportunity to say, okay, you know, this is a community that I've already built up and they've been kind of loyal or whatever. And I mean, I'm not saying, you know, under promising or whatever, but there might have been, you know, 5%, 10% that, you well, know, that's, that's so what I'm about. Here's the only thing that I'll, I'll say toward that. The first thing would be, so with that type of partnership, if anything like that happened, you know, whatever the number ends up being like, you know, if anything ever goes through with that, the first thing would be as much as I'd love to just, you know, set a certain portion aside and be able to dedicate it like that that wouldn't be exactly what they're giving the money toward i wouldn't feel right about that right like that'd be the first thing and the second thing is i've seen people that have done something similar before say for instance you know like bitboy he has his project the pluto alliance which you know fuck that project completely i've got a lot of you know gripes with some stuff whenever they were developing it long background story but point being he's got that project and hasn't really done much you know it was pretty flat after their mint wasn't really exciting one day he came out and he said hey guess what pluto alliance members my entire youtube ad revenue is going to go back to y'all right we're going to distribute that monthly ad revenue back to you guys and you know it it's averaging right now 40 to fifty thousand dollars a month and that's all going to be dispersed to the pluto alliance holders and you saw pluto alliance have a nice little pump after that right like i think the pluto alliance like went from 0.0 whatever to you know like 0.05 to like 0.25 in a matter of a couple of days after that, people were pretty hyped. And then you know what ended up happening after that? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I really don't. Other than the fact that like, you know, if you look at the Pluto Alliance today, like I'm pretty positive it really still hasn't done shit. Like, let me go. The Pluto Alliance V2 is what they're at right now. Yeah, their their floor price is point oh one five seven, um, and that's after you know this promissory note of like forty to fifty thousand dollars a month, basically, toward distributing toward that community. One, I don't think that you technically can do that because when you start to do that type of stuff, like here's the deal: I, I think a lot of projects, without realizing it, are treading thin water as far as regulatory schemes for what's going to crack down eventually down the road for NFTs. Like, I think a lot of the different things that people put into place actually do turn their projects into securities. And, you know, I may be a little bit old school in that thinking, but, you know, I, I think especially a bunch of the leaders up there at the top, like are going to face a lot of regulatory scrutiny down the road. Um, you know, because you are at that point promising, like if it's staking and you're giving some type of reward, distributing X amount of cash from whatever mechanism it is each month, like that is a form of yield. Right. And like, you know, look at what's happened <laughs> like Celsius. Uh, I mean, not Celsius, like Gemini, for instance, Gemini earned how they just got cracked down on by the SEC for their earned product, even though like they're basically insolvent anyway, but they still got cracked down on it because they're promising yield with that. So then you start to get into the dynamics of, well, you know, could you geo filter that reward? And then, you know, just, it starts to get super messy. 
and it starts to detract from the overall vision of the art itself, right? Because then the holders that you're starting to collect are now starting to collect for man. Well, you know, I might be able to get this little bit of staking change coming in my way, but at what point does that become enough? And then if something happens to that stream of revenue, is that enough? And then if a year down the road or two years down the road, regulatory pressure comes into the face, oh shoot, well, I've been holding this, collecting that for X long. You know, now there's a problem with the parent company and there's a problem, you know, potentially for the holders too. Well, then what happens to the art? So like overall, I think in by focusing on the art and the art in and of itself that, you know, hey, again, is it something that, you know, for the next three weeks, maybe maybe there's the opportunity to pump something up by announcing something else. But, you know, I'm thinking for, I'm trying to think in my vision for this project for, hey, what does the next three to 10 years look like? And trying to protect that. I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, um, but like say with Frank, with the with the Utes, um, it's just a reward system. There's no financial thing. It's just points, you know. But I get what you're saying, you know. I, I, I was just thinking, you know, around it. But I, I will definitely, because I will definitely um, um, try and find this thing about the, the, uh, the banner thing. Because, you know, I'd like to be able to do that. I, I did, you know, I, I, I definitely need one more to be able to go to cube to get that but i would like to be independent um regardless and not really ask anybody anything and if there was a tool that i could um you know put nft of shenando into it and then f somehow create my wonky song obviously you know our team could do it ourselves but i was just thinking on a on a mass level where everybody that's got a wonky stonk could just say, oh, you go to that tool, you do this, you put that there, and it generates you a cool banner, and there you go. Because I think um, the banner real estate on Twitter is something that we don't uh, monopolize enough. Everybody's so caught on the PFP um, that, you know, only your community, I see, um, a lot of them are uh, generating... Um, um, banners, and I know that apes used to do that as well. Anyway, I'm done talking. Thanks for the time. Yeah, of course, man. I really appreciate your feedback too. B ways, what's up? Yeah, just one comment on that one. Um, which I think there could be some cool integration with the Sappy Seals meme bank. I, I, I forgot the name now, but they created this meme product earlier this month where they are essentially you can just input your ID number of your of your seal, and they're going to expand it to other collections. And they have like auto generated other memes, so you, you get like 25 auto-generated auto memes in like five seconds. And it could be cool to kind of integrate Stongs there because Stongs could be like a nice background to any other collection on the platform. So you don't even have to build it yourself. It might be a nice collaboration with, um, with, with the seals actually. So any other collection that joins the platform, automatic background from the Stongs. I think that's kind of a cool, uh, cool idea as well without all the dev effort from, uh, from Hondo. Oh, yeah, man. No, I mean, I, I love all those type of ideas and feedback. And, you know, I, I think some of those things, again, like, who knows? Well, like, we're thinking through different different things we could potentially do with that. But, you know, we're definitely looking into the uh, the banner, easy easy banner integration, maybe lift the weight off of Cube and Yakovic's shoulders a little bit as the community continues to grow so rapidly. But speaking of, you know, OG community members, we have a very special guest on stage. It's been a minute, man, but, you know, hey, 
especially when we started kicking the weekly spaces back off, you know, there in the spring, D Huts was a mainstay up there. D Huts is kind of the resident Salada guy. Um, you know, a lot of y'all have asked about why on OpenSea the total number of stonks reflects 8,735. But if you go to the site and the contract, there are 8,736 stonks. You can blame it on this man. So, D Huts, welcome up to the stage. How are you doing? Hey, hello, hello. <laughs> Uh, great to see everybody again. Um, I've been seeing you guys up here, uh, you know, weekly, nightly, and uh, I, I have to miss it because I'm so busy. This is like when I get the most productive time and, and kind of get in that flow state. We were actually talking about it earlier in the Room 110 um, space, but I was like, you know what, I, I've been skipping so many of them, I got to come say hi. So hello, hello. And yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty funny. I um, did bridge the first wonky stonk to Solana. Uh, still still support the cross-chain compatibility. I'm still shouting for that. Actually, speaking of, did you guys see the Phantom announcement, the Phantom Wallet announcement today? Yeah. Um, Yo, actually, I'm bullish. Uh, super bullish, yeah, for sure. So Phantom Wallet, um, one of the best wallets, best user experiences, um, I would say, in Web3, um, but definitely for Solana. Um is now going to be working with Ethereum and Polygon. And I'll go ahead and just drop their little teaser video in the um, stack up top because it is really, really cool. There's drag and drop wallets. You can quickly switch between networks. So switching from Ethereum to Solana will be no big deal anymore. Um, you know, moving NFTs between chains is now going to have uh, like bridges. And this is so funny because it's actually like if you go back and listen to the recordings or you go back and to the conversations that this group was having, you know, six months ago, 12 months ago, we were talking about that exact thing of cross-chain compatibility, about how it shouldn't be the user's job to have to switch between like networks. Uh, like I don't have to remember the IP address for Google, right? Like my browser just handles all that for me. I don't have to remember domain name services. The browser handles all that for me. So I should just be able to say like, hey, I want to go see the wonky stocks. And then boom, I show up on Ethereum. And if I want to go see, um, you know, Degenerate Ape Academy or something, boom, I'm on Solana. So I'm really, really excited about uh, where that's headed. And um, now I uh, definitely get to experiment a little more with the Ethereum side on um, Phantom because uh, that's, yeah, that's currently where the wonky stonk sits today. Let's go, man. I love that you did that. It's freaking amazing. Um, and, dude, I, I, I'm excited for you, too, because, you know, it's one of the things. Some people, they go silent, and you wonder, okay, what the heck happened to this person? Are they okay? D-Huts going silent just means that D-Huts is freaking grinding and has something big that he's working on. You guys, it's so big. I'm so flipping excited about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, I, I, I would do this. Um, because the wonky stonks have my heart, um, I will make sure that the first announcement that we release is in the wonky stonk Discord. Um, Three-dimensional art is going to be on Solana. Um, probably one of the first of its kind where you can manipulate the actual asset inside of your wallet. Um, super, super cool. Very, very fun because it's going to be metaverse compatible day one. Um, so we're not just talking about flat PFPs here. We're talking about um, the future of what 
3D art looks like in the browser. And I'm super, super excited. Um, the theme is, is uh, you know, exploration of consciousness through technology and science. So if you're into that kind of a, a, a thing there, that's definitely something that, that I'm really into is, you know, I like, I like charts, I like art, and I, I like mindfulness. So um, this community, I feel like vibes with that so well. And so I'm excited to uh, release that. But yeah, I, I think that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, March 3rd, I think is our is the date we're shooting for. So um, got a little bit of time to put some of the materials together still. But when I've got something um, concrete, that's what we'll do. We'll put it in the Wonky Sonk Discord. So be on the lookout. Yo, let's go. Love that. So man. bully. How many how many of these uh Solana um oh why am I blanking on what they're called? The hacker houses have you been going to? Are they still going right now? Have you been traveling globe trotting, going from hacker house to hacker house? Yeah, absolutely. So um yeah, we've been all over. Uh went to Dubai this year, went to Cayman this year, got to meet Ralph Paul. Um was you know, it, it, a ton of them these hacker houses. So like now the next one right now is um, Sandstorm, which is going on right now. So if anybody's interested, join in the Lampard DAO. And uh, there's a few tracks that are going on. Um, or just follow my follow my account. And I tweet about it all the time and, and kind of keep everybody up to date with that kind of type of stuff. But uh, yeah, no, um, the what we're building right now um, is uh, dude, it's so hard to like skirt around it without like trying to talk about it. It's it's something that we've been working on for a long time. So I'm very, very excited about it. And uh, like in ways that are trying to push the boundaries of, you know, I think the way that people have thought about these these um, these different assets. So I, I, I'm trying to build something that allows people to build into themselves. It's kind of I think that's the best way to way to like leave it is. Uh, is I'm, I'm, I'm trying to open some minds and, and uh, teach people that they can, that they're more powerful than they think. And there's a lot of potential in every one of us, which is one of the things that I vibe so hard with about the wonky stonks. Going back to kind of what Q was just saying um, is this is a community that feels very much like just one of the craziest, most supportive, like um, just like hugs all around, buddies even though i've known you for two minutes like join in the discord if you want to if you want to onboard somebody to nfts and you want them to stick around like send them a wonky song because like they're going to be so welcomed that it, they're like holy shit this web 3 thing's pretty cool man this is like uh there's something to this right because uh, that's really what makes it contagious isn't that like um like you know we're on the forefront of technology which i do kind of think that we are but i think the coolest part is just the fact that like man uh, I had a Twitter account and then like now all of a sudden I'm not shouting to, into the void. Like I get GMs back. Like, you know what I mean? It's like for some people that's enough for some people. That's like uh, all we really need, especially in a time of isolation like this. We, we just want to come together. And so that's going to be sort of the thesis is um, showing everybody that I think we're all a lot more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Yo, I love it, man. I love it. And for those of you, like, again, who don't, like, I am telling you, D-Hutz was one of the voices that would come in and just provide, like, the type of energy that he's giving right now consistently back in the day. That's one of the, the cool things about this community is there have always been voices and, like, you know, people that have plugged in 
and stepped up when the community needed it. D Hudson's definitely been one of those guys. So I'm pumped to see everything you're working on coming to fruition, man. Definitely pumped for March, whatever, whenever that announcement drops to, uh, you know, I'm curious. Is Solana like because I know Solana's done this type of stuff before. Do you th- like they're not going to do the Hacker House at the same time that East Denver is going on, are they? That'd be savage. I don't. Excuse me. I don't know what dates Denver is. I've seen a bunch of it on my timeline, but I don't know specifically. Do you know what dates the actual like demo day? So- beginning of February. Oh, then no. Like sometime at the beginning of February. No, I think this one's going to finish up. Well, I guess if it's like early February, then potentially. But with this one being a remote hackathon, it's a little different. Um, it's definitely pretty interesting because there's really no like big centralized agent. Like it's not done. It's not being hosted by the Solana Foundation this time. Um, it's a bunch of the DAOs that are building out all the protocols. And this is where I'm so bullish on Solana, to be honest, you guys, is like what's coming with the Phantom Wallet is like a sneaky peek. Um, what's coming with Backpack later is going to blow people's minds and it's kind of what we all have been talking about web3 being for so long i mean again going back to those conversations that we all you know two three in the morning um we're we're sitting there chatting around about uh what cross-chain compatibility looks like what gaming in the blockchain space would look like um you know what what the future of DeFi looks like and um we've got protocols coming out like like nft backpack where you're you're gonna have like apps, executable NFTs, like like literal NFTs that are an application within your wallet, where you can you can have a little space to yourself, um, similar to like one that would be exist on the App Store, right? And so this is where I'm just like so excited about what's to come is like the narrative, you know, you, you know, we always do as traders, we look back to see, okay, the narrative of 2017 was sort of like digital gold the the narrative of 2021 was sort of like you know web3 um before before that back in like 2014 was like you know smart contracts and such right so um we have these these different narratives that kind of push into the bull cycle i think that like the one that we've all been waiting on the one that's going to be like the big mass adoption is is the next one um in terms of we've been talking about all these technologies uh, but didn't have any of them yet, right? Like they take years to develop. So it's sort of like back in 2017, we were talking about DeFi a lot, but didn't really have much DeFi. We didn't have Uniswap or like Pancake Swap, where I could like I had like Curve Finance, but it looked like it was from the 80s. Like it gave me the heebie-jeebies to like get on there and try to swap some tokens, right? Uh, unless you knew what you were doing, uh, didn't really feel very uh, like secure. But then you know in uh, 2020 we saw like man all these different d5 pl- uh, protocols i'm able to trade uh and swap tokens in my metamask wallet now you know and like a, a ton of innovations and um even just these other layer one chains and we saw all kinds of things uh come up out of nowhere but yeah that that is what i'm most excited about is the what we all kind of had in our minds and, and like have been so excited about is really starting to come to fruition and we're starting to have applications now where we can finally stop using the stuff that we're all like so dependent on in the centralized world um so maybe this next narrative is the like hey these apps now exist but they take a little bit of time to you know gain popularity but then two bull cycles from now like we we have like twitter snapchat instagram like everything is decentralized and exists where you own your data and um 
is very web three, right? Like that, that's, that's my, my pitch. It's on the record now, so we can come back and look at it later. <laughs> Let's go, man. Dude, the backpack stuff is pretty cool for anybody that isn't aware of what's going on there yet. NFTs as applications, like bro, that, that is the future. And a lot of people just don't even talk about it. Like it's, it's next level, but you know, I'm telling you, that's a lot of the stuff that we have to look forward to down the road. And especially when you're talking about sending this shit mainstream, you know, like it's, yeah, like that's the exciting stuff. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that's part of it, man, that uh, we, we've got a lot to look forward to in this space down that like the overall vision, like I love the art side of it, right? Like obviously love the art with, <laughs> with having ledge art, you know, focusing on the art. But NFTs, there's so much more to come with a lot of this. Hey, Nick, before you take off, you got anything to say? Oh, no, he just rugged himself one way or the other. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, a lot of stuff a lot of stuff coming for it. Um, yeah, hey, we've got a couple other speakers. Haven't had the chance to give them, uh, give them a stage yet. Raj, how is it going tonight? Welcome back. Yeah, what's up, man? Good to be back. Uh, I, I woke up this morning and, like, the 10 wonky stunks that were on the floor were all gone. And the 1576 one that I wanted was gone. So now I have to look for other ones. Um, but yeah, yeah they sold it, about a minute after Kaleo shot it. Literally. Oh, did it actually? Bro, I, yeah, no, I, I was telling <laughs> we told you. The time you. I listed them, I was like, bro, they're going to be gone immediately. Dude, it was 1 a.m. and I was in my bed. I was like, I'm in a studio. So I'm like, I'm like five feet from my desk. Should I buy it? But I was like, I'm exhausted. I'll just get it tomorrow morning. But, uh, yeah, I woke up and they were all gone. I'm like, shit, I got to go find another you one. can't but, sleep on yeah. the stonks. <laughs> I, I, I learned it the hard Yo, way, I guess. I there, can't sleep on the stonks. The, there's a good one on the floor on Blur. I can shout it out. You got to just let me know whenever you're ready and I can tell it to you. All right, let me get... Uh, let me log on to Blur here. People scrambling to like, spread the Blur right now. <laughs> Wonky stonks. Well, he well he looked for that. I was about to pop off, but I heard you call me, Kaleo. I didn't want to interrupt the uh, high IQ conversation that was going on. No big deal, man. I just wanted to give you a uh, a chance to you know say your goodbyes before you took off. But I appreciate you being so. Bro, why are my words just completely blanking on me? All these night spaces. <laughs> so polite. Yeah, no problem. Back on that Delta 8, Delta 9, whatever it is. <laughs> no, 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 man. I, I have not been on that much, like, maybe once this year. But, no, like, I got to lose weight, and that's one way to do it is avoid that for these late-night spaces so I don't just eat, like, you know, the fourth and fifth meals of the day. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm going to pop off, but I appreciate you grinding these spaces. It's definitely a lot of fun. Get to learn a lot. Diverse group of people. Traders, accountants, devs, everyone, degenerates. Love you all. Good night. Good night, sir. Thanks again for coming up. All right. I'm ready. Is is it is the wonky songs the one with uh just want to make sure I'm on the right one? Is it the one that's has the top bit of point two seven? Don't say it. Don't say yes. it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um Bro, I don't know. I'm afraid to even say it. I feel like there's actually, you know what? Hey, it's a race. 70, 
I really like 6475 personally. I love those, like, you know, the gradients myself. Like, I, and whenever they're dumped on the floor like that, I just think it's a shame. Transaction um, pending. It's over. I got it. It's done. Ooh, it's it. done. It's done. I'm not sleeping again. I, I can't miss it. All right. Beautiful. Love it, man. No, but uh, um, I, I enjoy, I enjoy coming to these late night. Um, I don't really have time to do Twitter spaces at, during the day. Um, I already get yelled at by my boss because I'm full-time Web3. He's like, hey, I see you doing 90 GMs in the morning. You can get back to fucking work. And I'm like, all right, all right. I, I get what you mean. Um, but, yeah, I'm a, I'm a night owl, so I, I go to bed around, like, 1.30, 2 a.m. So this is, like, the perfect time for me. When I get done gaming, hop off, hop on a Twitter space. And uh, it's been really educational last – I mean, yesterday was fantastic. Today has also been fantastic. So uh, I'm starting to look forward to these every single day. Raj, I love it, man. Well, dude, you got to tell me then. I, I want to hear more about what the dynamic of working full-time Web3 looks like and what that relationship looks like. Like how much of the interaction with your coworkers and your boss happens on Twitter versus in person? Uh, none of it's on Twitter. Zero percent is on Twitter, right? So um, I initially – so I've, I've been in uh, Web3 – I've honestly been with uh, my projects since the day after Mint. I missed the Mint because uh, at the time I was in college and I was too hungover. So I got drunk and forgot to Mint it in the morning. Um, so I've been there since day two, technically. Um, started off as just a holder. Month into the project, they're like, hey, we need some moderators. I'm like, all right, hey, I'll do it. I've never done it before. Um Worked for them for free for about three and a half-ish months. And then uh, started getting paid, stuff like that. A couple months later, I transitioned into the finance department because I have my degree in data analytics and the certificate in international business. So I was doing some analysis work for them and some financial stuff for them. And then uh, I moved up and I'm currently the director of operations. Um, and so... 0% of my contact is on Twitter. I probably spend, let's say, between 10 to 12 to 14 hours, depending on the day, in a Google Meet with uh, my boss, um, whether it be like the president of my company or uh, other people <clears throat> other people who need to, like, you know, uh, go through work for me. Um, but it's been, what, 18 months, and I feel like I've aged 18 years. Uh, I feel like a fucking old man. But it's definitely tiring sometimes because i'm literally just sitting in front of my computer right like to keep myself from going absolutely insane i have my routine i have my gym routine the sauna is like my safe haven because that's my 20 minutes a day where i get absolute silence but honestly other than being on my computer all day i really really enjoy being full-time web3 i quit my analyst job six months after getting my first actual like corporate job because i was like this fucking sucks. Like I enjoy data and all that kind of stuff, but it's not as fun as web three, right? The people I get to talk to some of the meetings I get to take in the position that I am right now is just so much better than actually just clocking in and looking at data all day. So I genuinely enjoy what I do. And the reason that I do work sometimes 14, 15 hours a day is because I, I actually enjoy it. Right. And I want to see the project that I'm with succeed. I've been with them since the beginning. We've been through multiple Discord hacks, this, that, up, down, whatever it may be, right? I've seen it all. And so um, I'm at the point now where I have enough knowledge and I have enough 
you know, experience to actually provide some value and uh, take our project to where it actually needs to be. Yeah, but I mean, like, they do see all of your, your tweets. Like, oh, everybody they see follows everything. each other. Everything. So you so... basically need to create, like, well, I, I, I'm kind of curious on this, too. Like, do you have an alt account to be able to shit post? Don't say it, Rod. boss seeing anything? Do I you? have like, a you know he's personal right account, now. but I don't use that anymore. So I actually have had my, my, I've had my Twitter since I, like, minted this project, right? And I never used it. I was the type of guy who was just on this account just to retweet and shill to, like, my favorite influencers. Buy this, buy Dino, buy that, whatever, right? And then around 45 days ago, I was like, honestly, this is fucking stupid. Like, what am I doing, right? And so I started building out my personal brand. And um, one of my biggest inspirations in the space that I came across very early, shout out to Joey Moose. He is one of the most genuine people I've ever met in this space. And so I took it upon myself to use that as my niche and to just to be like one of the most genuine people in the space because it's full of drama. It's full of shit, right? And so I went from, I think, 360 followers. I'm about to break 2,000 in 45 days. Um, But yeah, they see all of my GM tweets. They see everything. But uh, I have a great dynamic with my team. And uh, they know that I'm a very, very hard worker at the old age of 24. Don't get mad at me. I know some of you are much, much older. Um, But yeah, I I definitely do get in trouble sometimes because I'm GMing instead of working. But uh, I make up for it by working longer hours. Do you not tell them that GMing is part of working? Is that not included? No, they know. They know. They're just like, hey, we have have more important shit to do. Get off of Twitter. I'm like, all right, don't don't yell at me. (laughs) Dude, that's hilarious. And that's why I was wondering what the dynamic is really like there because – like, if you stopped GMing completely, do you think you'd also get in trouble? No, because um, part of the reason, so I've, I communicated this with my boss. I was like, hey, uh, you do realize that, like, all these people that are very, very successful in the, in the space, I'm going to give Sappy Seals and Pudgy Penguins, for example, right? You not only have the founder who's very, very active, but you have community members with tens of thousands of followers who have their own community within pudgy penguins or sappy seals and they have a lot of pull and and uh the value that they provide just by being on twitter and on crypto twitter and nft twitter is massive right and so i had my pudgy little pudgy pfp uh for the longest time and when i finally changed it back to this dino for the project i work with i think i had four or five people in Twitter spaces and out of Twitter spaces, be like, oh my God, Raj, you changed your PFP. If I did that at 300 followers, no one would give a shit, right? And so, <laughs> I mean, I've even joined Twitter spaces now where people are like, hey, I, I joined one, um, I think two days ago, where someone was like, hey, my little brother owns your project. And I thought that was so fantastic because I was like, holy shit, you guys, like, th- that just made my day, honestly, right? And so my goal was build my personal brand to the point where people actually care about when I change my PFP or if I respond to somebody or, I mean, I had a, a person come to my DMs. I'm a fairly small account. He was asking me advice on how to grow my account. And I was like, I never thought that somebody would start asking me how to grow my account, right? Because I'm still asking other people how to grow my account. So in a way, it, I did prove to my boss that me GMing and being active on Twitter was a net positive because uh, a lot of good came out of it. 
and a lot of good will come out of it. Love it, man. Um, Rocky Mountain Crypto. I think you're actually new to this space. So thanks for joining us. Appreciate having new voices up here. Um, Rocking the doodles, I see. We've got on your bio, writer, thinker, trader, and solver of problems before they exist. Bitcoin. Um, so how's it going, Rocky? How are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Um, I've, I've definitely uh, seen your stuff for a long time. Like, for sure. I've followed you for a while. Almost since like 2017, probably kind of when I started. But so I've just, you know, made my way slowly back into Twitter. I was just going to make some comments on what Raj just said. Um, so he's actually working for somebody. I'm trying to do the same thing on, on my own virtually. I have my own business, um, you know, just do various things. But I've been in crypto for like, I don't know, five, six years. And I feel comfortable enough with my knowledge, uh, trading and stuff like that, that, you know, I've, I've been able to slowly get followers based on just, you know, not using AI chatbot to write my posts. Like I, you know, I, I think about this stuff and I'm pretty critical. So I just, um, I, I've known to not trade, you know, lately. Uh, I've been more calm about the market and less risk on. So it's, it's just like, um, you know, you just have to think of it as building your, your brand, right? Even though, you know, you don't really know what that brand is. You're just trying to like vibe off of people and have a good time and be, be yourself, you know, trying to put yourself out there and, you know. That's that's kind of what I was just uh, thinking about after what, uh, uh, what Raj was saying about his job, right? That was pretty cool. Love it, man. I mean, it, dude, it's, it's tough. But you know what? Believe it or not, it is a lot easier now to start to grow a brand and start to grow a presence in this space and get a little bit of a sense of being viral like you know it's easier to find engagement in this fair market than it was the last fair market on an exponential level like exponential level as far as the number of people that are still around because you know it's funny like you still see the are you still around or whatever post bro there was literally nobody around it was was like are you active are you active shouting into a void i mean shouting into a damn void man i remember one of the only ways that i bro i i literally had this thing where every morning <laughs> that i'd go take a shit at the office like i would go and i'd just follow as many people as i could until twitter got me back because i was like no matter what content i put out there i couldn't get people to follow me and I actually, I was paying attention to BitBoy because BitBoy had like, you know, a thousand followers and he was so annoying because I would never follow him back. And BitBoy back then was just this cartoon character and he just would put out these little cartoon comic strips. Um, and that's how he started his account in early 2018. And he followed and unfollowed me like three times. And I finally realized what he was doing because people gaining followers was so seldom back then that whenever somebody that followed you, that was a crypto based account, you would naturally look at their account. It was good exposure for people to, you know, end up following you back. So I realized I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. So I followed, like I had a very curated list of follows. I freaking nuked that thing. And I, you know, know, nuke and reverse up to like 5,000 plus over the course of like, you know, three weeks of shits and ended up like maxing me out on how many how many people I could follow, and then I just had this pure trash feed. 
And I regretted it so badly. Like I, I did gain in the process out of like, you know, the four or 5,000 people that I followed, I probably gained about 1500 followers. So it worked as far as kicking me off, but bro, it took so much longer to actually unfollow everybody than it took to follow them. Well, those were the type of things that you had to do to hustle back then because like, man, it was freaking impossible no matter how much content you put out, there was just nobody there to pay attention to it. Man, Do you feel that's like it's the alpha we all came for, right? Do you feel I like mean... it's like that now? <laughs> no, I mean, I well, then again, I, I, I guess maybe I've got a different perspective with where I am now versus where I was then. Um, y'all tell me, is it like that now? <laughs> so this is what I was saying earlier about like, NFT communities really change the game for people because it's instantly a group where like, okay, we had that camaraderie before in crypto Twitter, right? It's like, oh, you're CT? I'm CT too, baby. Like follow for follow. Um, now it's like, oh, like you're a wonky? Psh, easy. Smash the follow. Like you see what I'm saying? Like it's like, oh, you got a famous fox? Smashed. Like um, it, it's like an instant, like it reminds me of like when I owned a Jeep it's like the Jeep wave. It's like, I don't know you, but I like you. Like, I, I just like the cut of your jib, bud. Like, it's that kind of a thing. And I, I feel like that definitely gave everybody a, a one-up to what it used to be. 100%. That makes a lot of sense. Like, car guys, you know? Car guys go to the swap or they go to the meet or they work on their stuff together. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, like, brotherhood. Even though there's a lot of sisterhoods now. But it's it's really great. Like, it's really cool to see all the positivity and, like, people grinding it out and you know like i mean rather than just working you know the normal nine to five or you know building somebody else's dream you're kind of thinking in terms of yourself being you know being like entrepreneur so it's definitely a good thing i would say it's much better than whatever two two years ago um when it was like you know crickets like you were saying super dead well bro even these spaces right like you know the closest thing that we had to it back then were Okay, not just fleets, but believe it or not, there was a period where Twitter had a Twitter Live thing that you could do, and it was similar to fleets. Or like, y'all probably don't even remember fleets. Fleets were basically like Instagram stories. It was the worst. Um, yeah, that was the worst chapter of Twitter. I think. I, I I actually didn't hate them personally. I really didn't. They were, you know, kind of the pre spaces era. And, um, you know, I really didn't hate them. Maybe because I was like, still a non. You know, I just like, yeah. But, I mean, nobody had to, like, you know, nobody had to post. Nobody had to look at the posts. Um, so, I, 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 you know, but they were very polarizing. There were a lot of people that shared your sentiment, D-Huts. Um, so, you know, before Fleets, though, there was a period where, you know, similar to Fleets, and similar to the Instagram live thing, Twitter had a live thing. And I remember several times where I would just kick up. This is like, you know, when I doxed myself, because my account was doxed. <laughs> um, so I would like just go live and sit there. You know, I, like I was younger back then too. I'd get back on like a Friday night at 2 a.m., you know, hammered from the bars. And I just freaking live streamed my you know, like four or five people that would tune in 
and bro that's like all that you would get back then we're like four or five people but it wasn't super interactive either because it would only be people would be able to comment on your stuff so you could read the comments but you weren't actually having another voice that was appearing on here so this is just a different level deeper connections uh millions what's up man yo what's going on guys thanks for adding me up in this you know i've been uh on walkies for a long time and popping these spaces every time you're holding them so Thanks for holding them every night, man. It's been awesome. That was really sweet hearing Roz talk about that too, his journey into Web3. Um, personally, none of my friends, I don't know anyone in real life that actually owns NFTs. So, <laughs> on this wonky stonk, I remember purchasing this for the time it was like 1500 $1, bucks or whatever. I was telling all my friends I bought this. It was right at the peak in October. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I saw my picture of the stonk, and they're like, "What is that?" And now, uh, now I'm showing my friends feet pics, and uh, now they're really jealous. But thanks for um, holding these, man, and thanks for everyone talking about this. It's it's such a cool way, and you know, talking about talking into the void. I have like 85 followers or something, so I just go to the gym, and I just come back from the gym, and I tweet, <laughs> do something like that, and I absolutely love it, man. I uh, deleted my Instagram like 10 days ago. And Twitter is just way more fun. I'm, I'm definitely a lot angrier, but I'm less depressed. <laughs> and I think that's a better thing to be because, you know, things are a lot better. But, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be here, man. This is great. And thanks for everyone uh, contributing all these, uh, all this wisdom in the space. And, you know, good vibes. I love to hear it, man. I mean, dude, that's hilarious. Um, I, I remember so clearly – it, it was the funniest thing where after we released the stonks, I was at some bar with uh, a few with a buddy and he had one of his friends there that I met for the first time. And he was on the buddy or on the phone texting his buddy about something. And his buddy literally was texting him. I, I look over at his phone and I see pictures of the wonky stonks. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what is that? Dude, I, I'm like, I remember you telling this way back when. Yeah. Ass face. <laughs> yeah. And I look over and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I'm like, did my, my, my buddy's name was Kyle. I was like, did Kyle tell you that? Like, I, I found that. And he's like, what do you mean? You found that. And I was like, Oh wait, shoot. And this was his buddy that lived off, you know, in some random state. I, I think it was like Utah or something. And his buddy in Utah had randomly vented the wonky stocks and was flexing them to him. <laughs> it was just such a small world thing, but it was right after the vid. That's amazing. So I almost wish you would have just like looked at him and been like, what the hell is that? It's fucking stupid, man. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he didn't, no, no, he basically had that reaction. He was like, oh, I don't even really know what it is. My buddy just bought all these things and he's like super hyped about it. Uh, but uh, Raj, you got your hand up. What's up, man? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, just want to respond to Millions real quick. First, thank you for uh, thank you for tweeting and thanking me about sharing my Web3 journey. That was uh, that just made my day. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know, like, dude. Uh, a, a lot of my friends think NFTs are stupid. They think uh, I don't have a real job, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, not everyone is going to understand what you're doing right now, right? And uh, it's only cool to do something once it's already a trend. And 
I like to say we're very, very early because we are very, very early. And I guarantee you, all of your friends that don't own NFTs or think NFTs are stupid, once this becomes a worldwide thing, they're all going to be buying NFTs and they won't even realize it. So uh, my advice is don't listen to them, right? You, if, if you know what you're doing and if you have your, your own community of, of people on Twitter that you're, you, know, you have mutuals with, stuff like that, that you're having fun on Twitter and you're interacting with everybody and, and you know, building your personal brand and buying NFTs, being a DJ, do you, bro. At the end of the day, it's your bags. It's, you know, it's your hobby. Whatever you want to do with it is your, it, I mean, it's your hobby, right? So, uh, yeah, don't, don't let, uh, don't let the people that are doubting you or, or saying that you're wasting your time get to you because I've had so many people like that in my life. And, uh, you know, some of them, some of them stuck around, some of them didn't. And at the end of the day, that's just how life goes. Yeah. I can definitely also attest to this, uh, being, a developer for over 10 years being in this space for like we're getting close to 10 uh it's it's something that takes a lot of time okay and when people say we're early man like i just without showing you a like a chart or like a map over the years like like kaleo like what he was just talking about about like like reminiscing on like the good old days like the things like these the, the, the amount of technology, the amount of growth that we've seen in even just the short period is insane. Bitcoin took like 40 years before it was like able to be something that was able to scale on its own, right? I'll, I actually have a really good chart of like the 40 years of Bitcoin that I, I'll post up on the stack. But um, the point is, is that like, yes. You're right where you need to be. And the more you get good at this now, like the, Gary Vee has a very good like analogy of this, which is that like YouTube, um, like what are they called? YouTube like influencers or I guess like um, YouTube brand uh advisors or whatever like that job did not exist 10 years ago. No one knew what that was. Now people are raking in 30k a month being a YouTube advisor like guys. I mean, a YouTube advisor, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you, if you can manage for business accounts and you can manage like, like five accounts, charge them each, uh, 10, 12, 15 K a month. Yeah, dude. Like these are real numbers that people pull that people can are you, doing. Can you describe that? Is it like marketing? Do you do like, uh, like, do you make the website? Do you manage social media? What do you, what do you do? Give me the specifics. That sounds cool. Oh, for like a YouTube advisor. Yeah. I've never heard of that. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, you have you have YouTube, um, like, people who build brands on YouTube, right? Uh, and then you have people who work with the, um, like, the design team, the brand team, the marketing team, and they, like, campaign. Like, that ca coordinating a marketing campaign for a large brand is months and, like, months of work, right? Like, you're, you're, you're looking out, like, a quarter. You're looking at, like, next quarter. Like, they're already planning, like, October Halloween shit, like, right now. You know what I mean? So... Um, when you, when you can kind of like sit, sit yourself into a niche of like, I know everything about this particular industry, or I know everything about the TikTok algorithm, or I know everything about the YouTube algorithm, I can then position myself as an expert to businesses that are willing me, willing to pay me for that advice. Right. And so then you work with their brand teams to help them coordinate those efforts. Uh, that that's like one example of doing that. Right. Um, but even just like a YouTube influencer, like 
the 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 analogy still kind of sits right of like we all know like what an influencer is now they just basically like create brand awareness and have a a, a following that is like a niche group of people right um but like how is that so different than an nft community it's it's not that far off right so um that like what i'm kind of saying is that being here and being involved in the space you know more about the space you understand the way that things operate you understand that like in web3 we don't use linkedin we use twitter and discord right like there's there's nuances to these things about um being able to sort of predict what the, what a good move would be for like the next marketing campaign right so it's like oh oh you want to do a marketing campaign in web3 okay then uh, like, don't go the traditional, like, show um video ads on TV. Like, let's let's drop a GM video, right? Like, on Twitter. It, it, it's things like that, right? Where the thesis of what I'm trying to say is let everybody else tell you you're crazy. Let everybody else tell you that it's dumb and it's stupid. And then go back to YouTube and go and look up videos of what people were saying about email back in the late or, like, early 90s. It's hilarious. It's the same oh, thing. Like people will write it off. I, I love watching those videos of like Jeff Bezos or like, you know, people like just like when Jeff Bezos was interviewed in like the early 90s and they were like trying to hate on him. And he just kept telling him like, listen, like it's cheaper to just own square footage in a warehouse than it is to own it at a retail store. It's just fucking math. And people just had to catch up to that. And now it's like, you know, that that company's huge. Obviously, it's like the one of the biggest billion dollar businesses and it just came from that concept and he had other people i guess that you know helped him achieve that he had a team and shit and it just took a long time but you know just stuff like that happens literally every couple of years or every day even you know it's just it's just you just don't see it constantly right you have to research it or shit well i think that what what happens is we we hear the narrative, right? And we're like, oh yeah, okay. Like future digital gold or something. Or like, oh yeah, DeFi is going to change traditional finance. And then we just kind of forget about it, right? And it's like the hype cycle's over. But then the people who actually got the spark of the idea went to work. And that's why we say bear markets are for building, right? Is is we got ideas back, you know, a couple of years ago. And we were like, yeah, that could be really big. And then everybody forgets about it. And then it comes out and it seems like it's brand new again, but really it's just been a sleeper cell and people have been working on it the whole time. And this is really kind of the way that like the world operates. Like think about it, like Nike's already coming up with like the next big brand, like the best, the next big shoe or the next like uh, way to innovate sports. Right. So that's kind of like what I was saying is just be that for this space and just grow your expertise by being a part of it every day. But D Hutz, don't you think that um, LinkedIn is the big sleeper um, thing that people are kind of ignoring right now? Because so many brands um, are on LinkedIn. And if you're talking about uh, anything to do with Web3 or NFTs or whatever, all the brands are already there. And um, not a lot of people are making posts or engagement. And actually, a couple of my friends have told me um, NFT people, that they're getting um, a lot of work uh, from um, LinkedIn. Just saying, I'm done talking. No, that's, I mean, I think business to business, there's some opportunity there. But we were talking about LinkedIn as the, uh, like, trying to find a Web3 job. I know several people that have, like, submitted 200 
plus resumes on Web3 or like for Web3 focused jobs on LinkedIn. Um, but like then they, they go on Twitter or they get into a Discord and they've got a job within a week. So I, it, it's really kind of like, what's the purpose? Right place, right time. Millens. Yo, yo. Uh, yeah, I want to change the topic here. I said it's going pretty good. But question for Kaleo. Um, Kaleo. I remember a discussion the other night of how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> about, uh, you tell these stories last night about how you had like uh, some crazy experiences. Uh, you're the number one uh, perpetrator on uh, FTX or something like that. And just you're telling these stories about you having this basically like the god ego after getting so high from all these rises personally i've gone through some pretty crazy trading (laughs) highs in the past two years as well and uh not quite as high as that but enough and then kind of came back down i'm wondering you and everyone else too how did you find the best ways for you to reset yourself after having a big high then going back low again how do you reset yourself once you came down to that back to that base level again? <clears throat> I mean, man, I I really just believe everything in life happens for a reason. Uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, I know that sounds simple, but like you know, Romans eight twenty eight, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, those who have been called according to His purpose. Like that is my. <laughs> You know, like I, I, I fully believe that. So, you know, whether I have a lot, a little, whatever else, like I know there's a reason for it. So I think having a greater purpose than just knowing what's in my bank account helps me reset, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, like whatever numbers are on a screen are fleeting. Like that's, you're not going to be able to take that with you to your, your grave. So... I don't know, man. Like, I, I think it's about having a bigger purpose than, I don't know, than just amassing wealth. Well said. Having a good purpose is uh, is the key. That's actually the name of the company that we're releasing the NFT under is Purpose Labs. Uh, because everything we will do is, is with a purpose. Uh, so, totally agree. Um, the question is a really good one i'm gonna i gotta jump off but i do just want to address it really quickly the the way that i step back is well being a trader for a long time you realize that if you feel any type of emotion towards that trade at all that's a good indication that you need to check yourself like whether it's good or bad um because that emotion is how you get manipulated into doing the other person's bidding. Like, and this works in marketing too, right? Like you only go and buy a product when they've sold you on it. And so their, their goal is to get you to emotionally respond to whatever it is. I need that thing. Right. Um, and it's the same in the marketplace is cause that's what marketing is, is it's, purchasing products in the marketplace. And there's a lot of assimilation between marketplaces like marketing, like selling of goods, and then the selling of stocks, because that's what it is. It's a buyer and a seller on one side of an exchange, a trade, right? Um, so when you think about like, yeah, what's happening behind the curtains there? Um, that's, that's what I like to do is I like to say, you know, if I start texting my buddies, and I'm like, Oh, look at this, or if I start taking screenshots, and I'm like, Oh, buddy, and I start getting excited about it. I'm like, 
wait a second, that's not how I should feel, right? And so I think just by having the awareness that the emotion is what you're trying to identify is step one. And it's kind of like an alcoholic, like it's like the uh, like alcoholics anonymous or whatever, like realizing that you have a problem is the first step in solving that problem. So that, that, that's my two cents on it. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was perfect. And both what you said, that really, uh, yeah, that was great. The vibes uh, keep vibing and they keep getting higher. So thanks guys. Yeah. Hey guys, I got to jump and uh, go back to work, but always a pleasure love everybody just followed everybody back that that they followed looking forward to uh meeting everybody that's new here and uh i will follow up on my promise and, and drop a leak um in a couple weeks here and i'm sure we'll talk before then but uh thanks for having me up as always super fun good night everyone let's go all right good night man thanks for coming up <clears throat> rocky you got your hand up What's dude really on? smart point he was saying that if uh if you think you're gonna screenshot it like if you're screenshotting a picture of your gains you probably want to sell like, you know, as, as soon as that kind of shit happens when you're starting to like, when your brain's telling you something like, oh, I'm going to brag about this or like, you know, that's probably the top as far as, you know, like a micro perspective. Right. Oh, dude, definitely. <laughs> There's no question about it. I can pin so many, so many different local tops back to screenshots of P and L's. That's why I just don't really screenshot any PLs anymore. I'm like, you know what? It's just, it ain't worth it. Like it was fun building an account and building a brand when you're flexing some of those and you're like, hey, look at what I've done, right? But at a certain point, you realize it's just like it is uh, minus EV all the way. Like it is not worth it because either one, you're getting way too big of a head at that point. And I'm telling you, man, like, I'm still at that point right now, even when there's a big W and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, about to tweet it out. I'm like, eh, is this worth it? No, no, it ain't worth it at all. I am going to go ahead and to delete that because if I do this and I know for a fact, if at any point I am that bold where I'm like, I'm tweeting this out for sure, I damn well better have closed that position and be in complete stables. For not just that day, but I mean, probably for the next week or two, um, because yeah, shit's probably getting a little bit too frothy. What do you think about? Um, I feel like a lot of traders, a lot of people that I've known who um, had great successes and also downfalls, is they don't trade in the right time frame. I see a lot of guys putting in twenty x's and ten x's leverage, and they're trading more for like a four hour time frame or sorry, more like a 15 minute time frame, but they're looking at the four hours and, or the other way around and it's dropping down, but they're like, Oh, the resist, the sports right here, but it's for the wrong time frame. Do you think that's been an importance for a lot of people that they're missing? Uh, yeah, man, I feel like too many people focus on the five minute chart instead of zooming out. Like it's, um, again, the average person will perform way better without over trading and with just, you know, buying high conviction bags and holding on to them. Um, so, you know, I think general momentum plays over a longer period of time are usually, uh, again, whatever you're doing to cut down on the number of trades that you're making, you're probably going to improve your win rate one way or the other. Like, and, 
best way to do that is to zoom out in whatever whatever direction, whatever type of trading strategy that you're uh, you're approaching. Awesome, thanks, guys. I'm gonna step back from speaker and listen. I'm I'm working a good 14 hour shift tonight, so I'm just gonna <laughs> keep on the listening train here. Thanks, everyone. Hey, I get it, man. Thanks for coming up. Definitely enjoyed having you up here. I just want to say that your um, bits bits lato room today or whatever it was was <laughs> totally was totally hilarious. To- and, and you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me. It gave me so much um, faith in terms of um, um, performance performance um, drama because uh, <laughs> the only other people that did that really well was um, Goblin Town. Um, because when Goblin Town came out, yeah, did did you ever hear what they they, they used to do? Yes, it was ridiculous. <laughs> All that kind of sound, stuff, <laughs> bro. You sound like you were one of the goblins in the spaces. There you go, and they'll do that. But then, what you did, or, 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 or what the community who came and it was just absolutely magnificent. It was just, it was so good. Yeah. I'm done talking. Okay, Bogfather, are you getting some ideas now for what you got to do for the feet? <laughs> Bogfather's probably asleep at the screen again, if I had to guess. Like last night, I don't know if anybody was on here. It was hilarious because Bog freaking somebody was in the middle of a, uh, you know, sharing something and they were like midway through their thought. And I thought they'd piss Bog off with something they said. And I couldn't figure out what it was. So I unmuted and I was like, oh, sorry, everybody, you know, like, not sure what happened there. But in my, you know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, Bog is like, you know, some, something triggered him here. And he just, you know, you hear the groggy voice. He's like, oh, yeah. Ah, sorry, guys. But the uh, kind of fell asleep on the screen. And I think my nose pressed the mute button. But uh, oh, yeah, you can go back to the space now. <laughs> She's like, okay. But yeah, yeah, you know, I think part of it is when you're having fun and you're doing stuff like that, I mean, there's value in memes. And I think that I'm going to do a space that, that may be what I'm titled my afternoon space tomorrow is, you know, the value of memes or the power of memes, something like that. Um, yeah, because I'm telling you, memes, laughing, just anything like that that generates a buzz, generates good feelings, like, it has power. It has effect. It does have value. There was a great turnout. And even on the replays, you know, a lot of people, are, you know, listened and kind of enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. Well, the funniest one was poor Tycoon. I've had him on some spaces before. My man just... I was trying to throw him softballs, just, you know, trying to do what I could, just tee it up. He was like, it's $11,000. It doesn't matter. Like, why would this affect anything? I'm like, because it's $11,000. Like, can you think of all the, you know, the eggs that you could buy? Uh, I didn't say that quote directly, but it was, you know, stuff that was as stupid as that, like, that made no sense. We're talking about how, you know, the Bitslotto crash is affecting the real estate market in Casper, Wyoming. Of course, we're talking, you know, out our asses. Like, it's not real, of course. And we're you know what was at... funny? You know what's funny? The woman, Irina, Irina, or what her name was, yeah. um, she was um, going on about the French people 
and this about French people and that about French people. And then you went, yeah, but the thing is, how does it affect French fries, the price of French fries? <laughs> what are we going to do now, the price of French fries? It was so funny. It's so great. Yeah. And then somebody, somebody came in and they commented on this face. They're like, Americans might finally actually start getting in decent shape. Pizzolatto <laughs> like, might have solved the obesity problem in America. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it was a fun space. I enjoy doing some stuff like that because especially whenever there's just fun that's going around, you know, I, I think there's also value in being able to come in and, you know, have a space where it's just kind of like, you know, hanging out, nothing too serious and just relieve the tension across the timeline a little bit. Um, Okay, we got a new person up on stage. Well, actually, let's go to B-Ways first. No, I just wanted to say that that was probably the funniest space I've listened to in the last six months. That was so awesome. And everyone should check it out. I might pin it here because it was such good vibes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll pin it here because it was the best thing ever. Hey, you even came, well, you know, like, everything's blurring together in my head. B-Ways, you were up there for a minute, right? No, I wasn't, but I was working at some meetings, but I wish I was because I would have played played it hard. I know D.O.G. was. Shout out to D.O.G. for coming up and being a champion and kicking that off with me. Dude, that was like right as I woke up. It was awesome. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, Rooster, is that all you're going to chime in, right? Like, you know, you're, you are literally riding my coattails to that number 33 spot right now with the amount of, <laughs> the amount of moderating you've done as co-host tonight. <laughs> but, uh, he is Rocket quick. League, but, yeah, no. <clears throat> I'm good to hop in whatever. But, like, you know, everyone was vibing, telling their, you know, stories and stuff. So I was just letting that ride and chime in whenever, uh, you know, I could you've been useless man you've been totally useless I've been, I've, been, I've been texting you on the side trying to move on some some conversations you've done absolutely zero so here uh, i am trying to train train little rooster and get him to grow his own wings sprout them and fly I, I, and I, you know you're you're stuck in your cocoon i'm just giving you the push and the challenge necessary to be the beautiful butterfly that you can be yeah see my mistake was trying to multitask so, you know, 100%, 110% undivided attention from here forward. Well, I mean, being a real spaces host, you have to, you know, like multitasking's part of it. If you don't think that I've got literally four other screens pulled up right now, plus, you know, managing whatever the hell's going on in the iPhone, you know, looking off four the space. Four screens? Cool. Yes, you bro. You get your numbers up, bro. You got it. <laughs> okay, five actually. Up. You know, I've, I've got five <laughs> screens. If we're being, I know six if you count the the iPhone. So the iPhone's one. Laptop screens another. Then, granted, I only have two. I, I've got the two forty nine inch curves stacked, but like each of those are split into two separate screens. So that's four, five. You know, six total screens. Now, so here's so, my question for you. Actually, that I was thinking about earlier. Um, as you know, the NFT space continues to grow, right? Some of the projects from the first of the year are going to be considered like historic, right? And I was kind of wondering what your thoughts on, um, 
MFers stand on like the historic aspect of NF- NFTs? Oh, bro, I'm getting uh, like you know I'm gonna get political here. I, I mean, it, it, it's tough because I want to sit here and I want to like speak well about them. I've got nothing. I I like the MFers art personally. I really do. Um, but it's just tough, man, because, you know, I feel like they had a real opportunity to cement themselves there, but I feel like cementing yourselves as a historical community, like, you know, it's, it's tough without a leader that left you after like a few months, you know, like it's just, you know, like, and I've been impressed how the community's been able to carry things on. And I know, like, I think Sartashi's back. If not, it's not him, it's you know some form of him. But like, he's back. I mean, he's he, back. Okay, so he is back then. But he he left for such a long period of time that it just not to say that they can't catch up, not to say that they can't make a comeback, but that's a lot of opportunity cost that you set to the side with that, right? So I think that they're in a difficult position from that standpoint because one of the issues with having so much success so early on in your project is that sentiment is a tough thing to be able to fight. And whenever you're that far beneath the highs and you're you're struggling – you know, as far as where they were, and you've got a lot of people probably, you know, I don't want to say the majority, but, you know, a good amount of your community that was in from so much higher of a point. I I, I don't know, man, not to say that it can't come back. It's just one of those things. It takes a lot of time to be able to grind up there. Um, so TBD, man, I mean, hey, if they continue to grind, if Sartashi's reemergence really ignites everything and he sticks around like you know hey they might have a chance um but you know again just i i think that 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 was something that really hurt them as far as where they could be relatively to where they are right now but again that that is no indication that that like has to stop them for good but with <clears throat> with that, like, such a long time of a leave of absence, like, if it didn't hold much, you know, much historic value, at least in the art itself, um, do you think they'd be holding above one ETH? They're sitting at, I mean, at Blur, they're at, like, 1.27 right now. So I think, like, you know, he, he was gone for a long time, and it probably did do a lot to sentiment. But at the same time, like, they could be a lot worse off. Well, so the way that I'll look at it is, you know, a comparison, which, you know, I saw like somebody came in and swept a shit ton of Alien Friends earlier. But like, I think a decent comparison is something like Alien Friends, right? Where, you know, Alien Friends, I think, had a a similar peak value as MFers, probably a little bit lower. 
um, hasn't come back quite as much. You know, I, I'm looking at Alien Friends. I think got up to like three ETH or something. Alien Friends about. was a Gary V pump, though. Kind of. I mean that that was like their biggest catalyst, right? Was like what was Alien Friends a Gary V pump, or was that like you know D's and all those guys? Whenever that, because I know they were big into it. Also, no, I I remember because like this was you know back when the Wonks were in turmoil and we were like you know trying to create like you know, the NFT chats and stuff. Um, Alien Friends was, like, one of the first ones that we were all getting into, like, sub-0.05, right? And then um, I ended up exiting at, like, <laughs> 0.2, right? Got, like, a 4X, and we are like, oh, yeah, call it a dub. Um, and then, like, two days later, yeah, uh, Gary V pumped them, swept, like, I think he swept, like, 50 of them or something. And then they just... It rocketed um, from there like quickly to four and above and then pretty much a blood from there. Dude, that's that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was it was brutal. Uh, Dude, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the opposite. I'll take the counter to Kaleo here on yeah, a big effort ball, as you know. And I think efforts are like a very nice blend between punks on the CC0 side. And the memes of Sappy Seals. And I think with, um, they obviously have a, a checkered history with, or at least in, in certain people's mind, with Satoshi leaving. But I think he was completing the meme, right? He was he was doing this kind of Satoshi type NFT parallel. So I think with him coming back, I think he's going to, I think he's going to, I'm not trying to pump them, but I think he's going to be active out there. And efforts will have a bigger profile than they had for the last eight months since he left. And so I, I believe that it's a, it's at least, at least it's a good project to pay attention to. Uh, is what I would say. Uh, God knows what will happen, but it's one of my, my main calls for the next uh, two to six months. Actually, we shall see. But I think they have historical value, they have the meme value, which is important in the NFT space, and they have a founder that will be active again. So we shall see. I'm happy to take the opposite bet here for once to Kaleo. So I'm probably wrong. Yo, I love that, man. I, I actually do. Like, and that's the thing that I think is healthy with the space in general is being able to have, like, you know, as much fun as it is to just agree with everybody on everything. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's as healthy as being able to have, you know, a little bit of discussion back and forth from different perspectives, right? I think it's a lot healthier overall, so... Um, definitely appreciate you there with that man. Like, you know, hey, I'm rooting for you. Again, I've got nothing nothing against them whatsoever. I mean, I'm just saying why I personally am not there in it right now. But like, you know, everybody loves a comeback story. I mean, look at the Pudgies. So, you know, Pudgies are a great example. And Pudgies, I mean, didn't happen overnight, right? Like took a long time, but damn, like when it happened, it happened. So, you know, hey, maybe the MFers can paint a similar story. Yeah, and, and they're not done that bad anyway. I think if I haven't looked at the stats of like how if people are down bad or not, I think it was a very quick pump to like 70 for like literally a day. They went back to two years very quickly. So I, I think if you look at the stats of people being down on their investment, I think it's probably lower than you would expect. Is my mind. We don't have to kind of harp on about this, but uh, I think it's probably less um, less bad than you think. I think it, I think even the local like highs and even the all time highs are you know still minor percentages to 
what we'll see in like the true next run. Like at, at least in, and you know, it could just be like the marijuana's uh, <laughs> speaking to me. Um, but like what I'm envisioning in like the next cycle is definitely like pudgies are going to be, they, they have that staple IP, right. And they have that, like, you know, that cuteness factor that really like draws the eye into the art. Right. And that's, that's their biggest play is the IP. I, I just see them. It's like one of the horsemen that are leading the next bull run, right? Like the strongest and the bear are going to be, you know, some of your top performers and uh, the next ultimate run up. I've honestly, uh, I've been thinking about rotating this as sacrilegious as it might be this zombie panda into like a pudgy and then uh, like two other pandas or something. I don't know. Like I really want to get, yeah, exposure into the pudgy community. I mean, hey, I here's the thing with the pudgies right now that I think is I, I actually really think there's some decent opportunity there personally. Um, you know, looking at it and understanding like what just happened with the liquidation from one of the like their like pico top whale where they were and the strength that they've held. You know, whenever the market starts to reverse, I really think there's a lot of opportunity there. And, I, yeah, I mean, hey, if you have the opportunity to potentially diversify into both, you know, like, if the price is right, you know, freaking do it. Bluntman, welcome up to the stage. How's it going? Thank you, sir. Going all right, man. Hope you're good, too. Hello, all the speakers and uh, everyone in the room. I'll just... Uh... I think um, B-Ways, is it B-Ways, 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 said it before about um, the, the pudgies and, you know, who would be in profit or not. It made me think of a service like a glass note or a sentiment for, you know, um, BTC or, or ETH to see, you know, over whatever time frame who would be in profit. Um, and Kelly, you might be able to answer this one for me, given that you are the fucking man. But is it a service like that for uh, for NFTs in terms of, uh, you know, who we can see out of the Pudgy Penguin community out of, you know, whether it's 8,888, however many of these fucking things there are, who is actually in profit in relation to floor price? Or it would be sort of uh, pretty dynamic in terms of, of um, you know, uh, a metric like that. But does anyone know if there is an NFT service like that where we could have a look at that, that data? Oh, shoot, I'm sure there's something out there for it. I think Nansen has something for it. Flip might, but there's nothing off the top of my head that I know of directly that I would use for it. Um, Morph, you've got your hand up. What's going on? Do you have an answer for that for us? No, I was just trying to test my internet. I'm so sorry. I should have speak. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. No big deal. What's going on? Were you just oh, trying to test nothing. your internet it's... to come on stage? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I mean, you got to say something while you're up here. No, it's just um, asking you how's trading going. I remember we talked once. I, I, I think we have. I think we have before. Maybe it's been a bit. I mean, it's going well. Going well. Just, you know, slow, steady. Um. Market's grinding higher, and we're we're bullish. So it's what you. I don't think so. I don't think so. Feels like the dollar's bottom here. Okay, so you you think Dixie has bottomed? 
that everything's going to rip back up. And uh, I mean, when I say everything, the dollar strength index rips higher and all the other assets dip lower. Well, at least I hope we're not going um, to test that low, I guess, maybe. Trading in range, super, super frustrating. I feel you. I mean, hey, I, I still wouldn't be surprised for another dip back beneath 20 quickly, but I don't know. I'm like you, You've probably seen my posts. I'm a little bit more bullish. I, I still think that I think there's a decent chance that the market swings up. First off, I'm looking at S&P 500 to 4,300. Um, you know, I think there's a decent chance that we, had, you know, been looking for that since October, really, October slash December. Um, that, that entire time frame I've been tracking that, so I'm like slowly but surely playing out toward it. Um, and along with that, with strength and equities, you know, I think that, like, and that's what I think today was with equities too. Like you look at it, like it pulled back right at 4k, right? Like just a nice, even round number. I think it's just a little bit of chop before it ends up, you know, ends up sending through BTC. I really think BTC has a decent chance of filling all the way up, um, you know, riding the wave of strength in the broader markets, filling the gap all the way up to where, you know, the pre-Luna liquidation levels. So back in that 40K range. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Like, I would love it if it does happen. Um, and I don't think that it's going to go to like any new all-time high from there. But I mean, hey, a little bit of distribution in that area for maybe a month or so, chop back down into the 20s you know, slowly grind back up through the next happening and maybe an all-time high by late 2024, early 2025. Like, that's the dream scenario. Hopefully, yeah. So, uh, Bluntman and Geology, my two resident Aussies, both with their hands up. We'll start with Bluntman, then go to Geology. Yeah, we're a courteous bunch over here in Australia, that's for sure. Hey, um... Next uh, next run, when we do get there, what's everyone's pick on who will lead the charge out of BTC or ETH? I hope I'm not asking a cardinal sin question here, but everyone's got their own opinions. Obviously, Bitcoin is the fucking king, but ETH is really approaching that ultrasound money in terms of, you know, that deflationary and, um, and burning aspect. So just curious on people's opinions, especially yours, Kelly, on where that would, you know, what do we think? BTC or, or ETH will lead the charge? You know, <laughs> the more and more I, I, I've been thinking about it, I think that, like, well, actually, I, I think ETH does go lower here, at least near term. Um, I am bearish on ETH versus BTC. I Like, I think the USD price of ETH continues to climb. But I think similar to what we saw in that 2019 rally, that, you know, Basically, the liquidity across alts dumps back into BTC's strength. Um, though I think JPEGs with, you know, all coins of pictures have a chance to break the mold on that. But, you know, during the actual next bull run, I'd probably be more bullish on ETH than I would be BTC, you know, especially considering, you know, like I think there's going to be a huge NFT mania craze. And, you know, we talk about the volumes for NFTs and what they did last cycle and how it's a blip compared to where I think what they can do. 
So if we really do actually start to get that, you know, plus the DeFi front, you know, continuing to expand. Yeah, gas fees are going to be ridiculous with the total number of transactions <laughs> that are going to be happening across the network. Like, ETH is going to be so freaking deflationary, it's not even funny. So I, I probably, on a per-unit basis, would be more bullish on ETH than BTC uh, at the, you know, as the next cycle starts to ramp up. Yeah, interesting. Thanks. Thanks, man. I tend to agree, but no one's got a crystal ball, do they? And some, uh, just an interesting one. If, if anyone wants to check out uh, that, um, how deflationary it is, you can head to the I'll just our money website. This is not a plug, by the way, but it's just interesting information. Have a look at that data and see Bro, how much where the majority of that for this. No, nothing. It's just interesting. It's interesting stats, man. It's I mean, okay. it's good you can to, tell uh, us. Yeah, it's good to have a look at um, a million per shield. No, no. Um, but no, it's it's just cool to have a look at and see uh, who is who is burning the most amount of ETH and uh, yeah, and where that's coming from and and to have a look at the small blips in the radar of certain mints, for example, like other deeds or uh, or something continuous like um, like an open sea. So yeah, it's a it's a cool metric to see where that's coming from but interesting analysis there sir kelly i appreciate it man you know like i i'm just glad it was semi-coherent hopefully i mean again as it's starting to go into this time of the evening my, I, like i i don't even need any substances to get there like my voice slows down my thoughts slow down with it and I just kind of ride the tr- the wave of whatever the hell is happening in the conversation. <laughs> so that's what Australians are like all the time, man. So you sp- you're on our vibe. Well, bro, no, 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 I love it. Like you've got the perfect balance of energy that I need right now. So, like, thank you for bringing the energy to the table to the stage. I know we all need it. I I think um, what you wanted to see is like the detachment between uh, some altcoins that are having like a useful uh, chain or whatever. Many people use that chain, such as Ease or other altcoins. Um, we want to see that detachment between the market when like when, when we're we going through like a, you know, bear rally or bull rally, something like that. It will be, it will be good to see that. Uh, let's say if Bitcoin fall 15%, ETH could only fall like 10 or 8%. That will be like a better... Um, I, ideology for for that reason I don't know I don't know if that makes sense um I, I mean honestly like I said my brain's not working well so I did not follow that but I tried um and I'm sure that it did make sense and I, I blame this on my lack of brain cells properly functioning at the moment that I do on your explanation so I truly apologize that I do not have anything more riveting to reply back with, but I prefer honesty over bullshit. So, <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's all I got. Um, you know, with that, I'm probably realizing that it might be about time to wrap up the space. Uh, but I do want to give one last shout out to Lumber because Lumber just freaking went in and secured a whipsaw for 0.5 ETH. So shout out Lumber, what a way to end it. I like, you know, it's always more fun ending it on something like that anyway. That's a solid note to go out on. Um, Shout out to the legend himself. 
And, you know, appreciate all y'all coming up. We'll keep this rolling tomorrow. Hey, um, but, get yeah, what's going on? Before we go, uh, you know, I just thought of, like, you know, one of the perfect things that would be great for the songs is if we uh, we get a Hard Rock Nick cameo. The um, blunt man, his uh, speech pattern made me think that he should start doing cameo. And then I was like, you know who does cameo? Hard Rock Nick. We should get one for the songs. So Hard Rock Nick cameo. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Tubby Cats spent all of their, <laughs> um, like literally all of their rays on were Hard Rock Nick cameos. Don't fade the eyebrows, man. Yo, you think I'm joking, though? Like, I, I legitimately, I remember Ratwell, like, after the Tubby Cat spent buying, like, 50 different Hard Rock Nick cameos. I'm like, damn, like, good for Ratwell. I guess, you know, he's just rolling in it. And next thing you know. But, uh, yeah, Hard Rock Nick, I'll put it on the list of things to do. And, you know, yeah, with that, wonky stonks are inevitable. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, legends. Good night. Good night. Night, y'all. Hey, guys.